Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Welcome to Sealed Section, a podcast from Mamma Mia that answers your questions about sexuality and pleasure. I'm Chantelle Otten. I'm a sexologist, scientist, and sex and relationship expert. And this is a big week. There are so many reasons why sex can be painful or unenjoyable for someone who has a vulva or a vagina. Some things that we are going to talk about today is vaginismus, deep pain, vulva pain, endo, and trauma. These can all be interrelated or sometimes they can be isolated. But why don't I delve into a little bit more about what types of sexual pain there are out there. So when we talk about sexual pain, it can happen before, during or after vaginal penetration. Some people, for example, might have a condition called vaginismus, which sounds like Christmas of the vagina, but it is not. It's the opposite. It's like Halloween. And that's basically when it's very difficult to put a finger, a tampon or a penis or a dildo inside the vagina because it feels like there's tightness or burning or stinging-like sensations in the vagina. And that's because the pelvic floor is tensing up around the vagina. So when we have a vaginal opening and a canal, we have pelvic floor muscles that surround it. If we're scared of something or if we are just a little bit stressed in general, usually we tense up in our shoulders and in our pelvic floor. And unfortunately, The pelvic floor muscles control how we feel inside our vagina. So that means that if it's too tight, we can be having painful penetration or we might just not be able to use tampons. Another type of pain is actually pain that is deep in the pelvis. So that can be deep pain with thrusting or any type of pain with something inside you. And that can be related to just having a tight pelvic floor again, or a condition called endometriosis, which I'm going to explain in a minute. We can also have pain on the vulva. Now, the vulva is something that we've traditionally called the vagina, but the vagina is actually internal. The vulva is all the skin that touches your underwear. It's the outside of your genitals. And there can sometimes be discomfort, stinging or burning like pain on the vulva that is called vulvodynia. 
Now, this is a condition that I see quite often and usually vaginismus and vulvodynia go hand in hand because they are, again, related to those pelvic floor muscles. But again, a lot of it is also psychological. So that's why when we treat painful sexual conditions, we need to have a multidisciplinary team. So usually a gynae, a sexologist and a pelvic floor physio working together to make sure that you are getting all your needs met and that the goal of pain-free sex is achieved at some point. Usually anything to do with painful sex will be a result of physical and psychological factors. So we always need to look at both aspects. But you know what? Painful sex can also result in many other sexual concerns, such as a loss of sexual interests. It may bring up problems in the relationship. It may bring on feelings of loneliness and isolation. And this is what I want you to to feel comfort in, there are people out there that can absolutely help you. So even if you've received treatment for these kinds of concerns in the past, I know a lot of people come back in because they haven't fully met their goal of pain-free and pleasurable sex just yet. So that is something that a sexologist is absolutely able to help with. So I was first diagnosed with vaginismus about four years into a monogamous relationship after I'd lost my virginity. So when I lost my virginity, it was painful. That was quite commonly accepted, but the pain just never got better. It was always at varying levels, but it was a pain as if I was too tight, that I just felt like someone was pushing something where it wasn't meant to go. And I just believed that everyone who said they enjoyed sex was lying and that it wasn't pleasurable. I went to a doctor when my relationship of four years broke down because of the lack of sex and they let me know that there wasn't anything physically wrong it was just that i had vaginismus which was the first i heard of that term and they referred me to a physio i didn't have the money to go to a physio but knowing that it was vaginismus and a whole bunch of my vaginismus personally was a mental blockage i was always visualizing something wrong with my vulva when I was having sex, I was imagining it ripping. So knowing that, I practiced some of the exercise that I found online. I made sure that I was always really comfortable when I was having sex. I now have sex pretty comfortably and I'm pretty well cured, I like to think. A condition that I need to talk to you about because it's super common, but not many people actually understand it very well, is a condition called endometriosis. And for some reason, this condition is not discussed enough. Basically, what I want to talk about is while this is seen as a disease for those with ovaries, not all endo sufferers are females. So make sure that you don't gender the content that I'm about to talk about. For anyone who gets their period, we don't look forward to it. We don't look forward to the cramps or the mood swings, but I want you to imagine if your period was so bad you couldn't get out of bed to go to the bathroom or you had to go to hospital for your period pain. And what if sex was really, really painful? Then you might have endometriosis. And for those who suffer with endo, periods are excruciating. As many of you know, during your menstrual cycle, the lining of your uterus, which is called the endometrium, builds up to protect a fertilized egg and sheds when the egg is not fertilized. 
Those who have endometriosis find this process super painful. Their periods can be absolutely crippling and very, very lonely. Because for endosufferers, cells that are similar to the lining that is meant to be on the inside of your uterus actually grows outside the uterus, usually surrounding the ovaries and close surrounding areas. These cells build up and break down and cause bleeding inside the pelvic floor alongside pain, inflammation, swelling and scarring. Now, remember, endo is not the endometrium. It's similar cells to the endometrium. But these kind of cells that get thicker and thicker and more painful lead to adhesions, so scar tissue that binds organs together. It can also create fluid-filled sacs on the surface or inside the ovary that fill with old blood. Now, if you understand or can resonate with what I've just said and you feel like you might have endometriosis or you've been diagnosed in the past, you're absolutely not alone. 176 million females worldwide suffer from endo. That's one in 10. Often it takes between 7 to 10 years to get an endometriosis diagnosis, which sucks because it affects thousands of people, their livelihood and their chances of having a baby and their sex lives. So it can be really, really devastating to know that not many people are actually focusing on it scientifically. Now, if you're not sure if you have endo or not, I'm going to give you some signs to look out for. Mind you, some people have these signs and some have no signs. Painful periods that begin before or continue into the period. Also lower back and abdominal pain. Another symptom could be pain with penetration. So pain during and after sex, which is super common and may go hand in hand with other sexual pain concerns such as vaginismus, which I spoke about before. And it might be difficult or painful for you to do a poo or pee. There might be a lot of period blood and some bleeding between periods. Sadly as well, a lot of people who have endo can be infertile and they don't know they have endo until they're trying for a baby. Other symptoms could be being super tired or having diarrhea or constipation. Bloating or nausea is also super common, usually when menstruation is occurring. Now, pain and endo go hand in hand and it is chronic, long-lasting and really challenging. So the types of pain that come with endo include Pain with sexual intercourse, pain on penetration, which is vaginismus, deeper pain up inside the pelvic floor, postcoital pain, which is pain after sex, and any type of pelvic pain alongside pain going to the toilet. A lot of endo sufferers also struggle to have an orgasm and just lose interest in sexual activity, which is completely understandable considering what I just listed off. Having sex again as a new parent, it's usually one of the last things on your mind in that adjustment phase. But when you've had such a traumatic birth experience and left with injuries such as significant pelvic organ prolapse like I have, sex took a really long time to even be able to be discussed. And so it 
probably took really until my daughter was one and I got really drunk at her first birthday for me to even want to think about being intimate again because of the injuries and because of the trauma. And it's just never been the same since, you know, even six years on and it's, it's difficult and it's hard to say no because of the rejection from the other side. So you've got to find other ways to try and be intimate and as a parent that's it's hard too like it's just yeah it's really hard so we have our first question in today how normal is spotting after penetrative sex i'm 99% sure i have undiagnosed vaginismus something i need to get checked out obviously i've always had problems inserting tampons and i think it has to do with my generalized anxiety but when it comes to sex I usually find it kind of fine when there's a bit of foreplay, but after a while, it can be borderline painful. I usually tell my partners this, but then in the 24 hours afterwards, I can spot. Sometimes I don't even think intercourse was painful. Is this bad? Now, for me as a practitioner, I wouldn't say that spotting and vaginismus are exclusively hand in hand. And I think for me... I would suggest that you go and see a gynecologist because a lot of people don't actually have spotting after vaginismus and there might be something else going on down there that you need to get checked out, especially if it's bothering you. Now, inserting a tampon can be very difficult if you do have vaginismus and it sounds like a lot of this is going on in your head too because of your generalized anxiety, you're conditioned in your mind to feel worried about a tampon on going into the vagina. So naturally, you're tensing up your pelvic floor and voila, it is like stinging, it's tight, it's burning, it's super uncomfortable and you don't like it. So that's something that I can definitely help out with and I would do it hand in hand with the pelvic floor physio because I think that you need a little bit more help just making sure your pelvic floor is relaxed and ready to have penetration from a tampon, a finger, a dildo or a penis, whatever you'd like. We just want to make sure that we are reconditioning your mind and your body to be able to accept something into it. Now... When you have foreplay, that is your body getting ready, it's getting lubricated, it's getting absolutely aroused enough for you to be able to have penetration. However, you've said it's still not super comfortable. So what I would suggest is that you steer away from penetrative sex for a little while, come see myself or one of my physios. We also do online consults and just make sure we get to the bottom of what is going on in your cooch so that you can enjoy pleasurable, pain-free sex moving forward. Vaginismus for me felt like sharp razor blades inside my vagina, inside my cervix, and it would always hurt on entry. So when I was having sex with my partner, it would hurt on entry and then it would get a little bit better and it got worse and worse and worse. It actually started for me when I was really young. I couldn't insert tampons without it hurting. And when I eventually went and saw a pelvic floor specialist, she told me that I had got vaginismus from a traumatic incident I had with a gynecologist when I was 13 who inspected me when I was not expecting to be inspected. (laughs) And I was really traumatized by that. And then I kind of would always tense up whenever I had to have a tampon inside me or a speculum or something like that. And then over the years, she said it just got to the point where penis insertion was also painful. 
And when I had that first appointment with her, I cried because I have been dealing with this for 15 years. And only when it started to affect my sex life did I actually go and get treatment. And she taught me how to kind of massage that muscle because I didn't even know the pelvic floor was a muscle. I actually, instead of using a lot of girls use dilators, I use my finger because for me, it's medical instruments that are my kind of no-go. <laughs> so I use my finger every day to kind of stretch my pelvic floor. And now my sex life is back to normal. I mean, sometimes it still kind of rears its head, but I know what to do now. I know what caused it I know how the muscle moves so I'm able to kind of treat it myself and and in time through using these exercises that I've been taught I won't get it at all so that's really exciting and I can't believe I put up with it for so long now the next question we have comes with a bit of a trigger warning we're going to be talking about sexual assaults so you're welcome to fast forward if you need to last year I was in the unfortunate situation where I was sexually assaulted raped. I don't like using that word, but I've been left with a whole heap of trauma. I find it difficult to trust men and be intimate with a man again. Fast forward to the present moment and I'm keen to have a more adventurous time in the bedroom with my partner, but we are stuck in a cycle of having missionary sex. Previously, that's all I was comfortable doing because I felt in control and my partner was completely obliging. How do I bring it up with him that I'm ready to move on and he's not going to hurt me? My partner doesn't like talking about the assault, mainly because he hates someone hurt me so much. I know communication is key, but it's uncomfortable for both of us to talk about. Now, this is not just an unfortunate situation. This is a traumatic situation. And it doesn't sound like it's just trauma for you, but you and your partner. I'm very, very sorry that you had to experience this. No one should experience sexual assault. And I want you to go gently with yourself and your partner during this process. I would suggest that you go get a helping hand with this because at the end of the day, your partner has some barriers up. He's worried. He doesn't want to make you ever feel compromised again. And he wants to make sure that he's not triggering you to have flashbacks of the assault or any PTSD-like responses. And that's completely understandable. I hope that you've taken the time to get some help for yourself. I would suggest EMDR therapy if you are looking to do some type of therapy first and foremost on how to process the trauma. EMDR therapy is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy and it's scientifically proven to help a lot of trauma victims. And then I would suggest working with a trauma-informed sexologist who is able to work with you and your partner on how to reintroduce different types of sexuality without either of you feeling awkward or compromised. Sometimes it's just better to get a third person in there to help you out because it's already a stressful situation for both of you and I don't want you to feel like communication is an added stressor for the relationship. So take your time. Just say to your partner, why don't we go slow? I think we should start debriefing before we start to have any type of sexual play. And I think we should get a little bit of help, maybe just a few sessions with a sexologist so we can get on board the right track and make sure we're having fun without feeling compromised in the bedroom. Hello, I'm loving the podcast so far. So thank you so much for all of your insights. 
I had a question about vaginismus. I'm wondering, can my problem still be vaginismus if I've had pleasurable intercourse before, but now it hurts? What a great question. Yes, it sounds like you might have secondary vaginismus. So vaginismus doesn't always have to be there from the first time that you have sex. In fact, vaginismus can come on at any point in your life. And there are so many reasons why it would start occurring a little bit later. So secondary vaginismus means you've had pain-free sex for a while, but now it's hurting for some reason. Something might have occurred. Maybe you had a baby. Maybe there's some kind of stress in your life. Maybe you're having sex with someone you don't particularly want to have sex with and your mind's going, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, honey, I don't want you to be doing this. And it's making your pelvic floor tense up and it's very difficult to have pleasurable penetration. So yes, it does sound to me like you do have vaginismus. It sounds like a lot of it is psychosomatic. So I would suggest booking in a session so we can give you a helping hand and just sticking to outer course for a little bit of time. Thank you for listening to this important episode of Sealed Section. Remember, if you are experiencing anything we talked about in this week's episode, you're not alone and the situation is not hopeless. If you're suffering, please call Beyond Blue on 1300 224 636 if you need extra support. Next week, we are chatting about sexual identity, figuring it out and enjoying it. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au. Leave a message on our pod phone at 028999386 or you can find me at Chantel underscore Otten underscore sexologist. This episode was produced by Emmeline Peterson and I'm looking forward to seeing you next time. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.